Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 031. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, it's all kinds of fun when people tell us they're better, stronger, faster, smarter, whether it's true or not. This can often stir reactions that most people wouldn't want to mention on a Sunday morning. So how can we have joy in the midst of a situation like that? Is there hope? Is there an example to follow? You bet. Let's find out more. One does not have to go to Hollywood to hear that ditty played. You could hear it at a playground. You could hear it in the boardroom. You could hear it in the coffee shop. You come over to our living room, you could hear it about ten times a day. Really, anywhere that there are people, you can hear a version of that song being sung. You ever have somebody... Sing that ditty to you. I'm better. I'm stronger. I'm smarter. I'm faster. So, ha! Now, there are two gut reaction ways to respond to that. The first is to meet their flapping lips with a five-knuckle special. Been there. And the second is to think, wait, are they right? Are they better? And even worse, am I less because they're better? It's instincts, thoughts that pop in your head like that. And and before you even think to hold them back, it's like they can already have done their damage. What if I told you there's a way to live into those kind of situations? When somebody is singing, anything you can do, I can do better. Somebody's singing that into your face, and your joy isn't diminished, but it's actually multiplied. I don't mean, you know, added to like Scrooge, like Ebenezer Scrooge is handing out joy like he's handing out Christmas bonuses. I mean exponentially multiplied. If you think I'm I'm overstating my claim, there's no way in the world you can pull this off to make me believe somebody saying anything... you can do, I can do better, it's going to make me happy, joyful, I wouldn't be so sure. Let's pray. God, thank you for giving joy to our existence. Help us to find it in you. And help us in that to to learn and to grow through your word, we pray. Amen. Now I'm going to give a fair warning here as we start this off. We are going to go completely countercultural today. There's a book that is written, and it's a, really a compendium or a uh, compilation of writers. The book is called The Book of Virtues. Now, this is stories that are often read to children to teach them different virtues. Again, compiled by many writers throughout his, the history of Western civilization. And just looking at the table of contents, um, self-discipline, compassion, responsibility, fellowship, work, courage, perseverance, honesty, loyalty, faith. Yep, many things listed, but not the thing that can multiply our joy. So, if the culture police decide to storm this church in the next 15 minutes, don't be surprised. But Paul says... In Philippians 2, it says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, 
any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bend, and in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. So I had said last week, this is a series going through the book of Philippians that looks at the idea of how we often will settle for happy when there's really a whole other level that we can get to, a level called joy. And so if joy is the engine that kind of drives this study through this book, through the book that is really called the joy book, how is looking out for one another and being of the same mind going to get us there? How, to put it into a word, how are we going to derive joy from humility? Because as I said, this is something that is very foreign to our culture as, as a whole. Where you may be much more familiar and see much, many more examples of the opposite. Pride. Look at me. See how awesome I am. I am the greatest. Sound familiar? Probably just turn on the TV, put on any channel, and you will see a a commercial or a show that emphasizes that theme. But Paul says, make my joy complete. How does he do that? How how does he ask us to do that? He says over verses uh, verses 2 through 4, he said, have the same mind. Make my joy complete by doing these things. Have the same mind. Having the same love, united in spirit, doing nothing out of selfishness or conceit, not count, or counting others more important, not looking only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So how, there, there's got to be some kind of connection. If Paul is going through all these examples of, of how you can help me make my joy complete, there must be some kind of link between looking out for others, having the same mind, etc., etc., all of those examples, humility, and joy. There's got to be something that connects those two together. Now, I know what many people might be thinking, depending on your, uh, what act of life's journey you may be in. I'm never going to get a promotion by being humble. I've got to be the loud one. Isn't it right that the squeaky wheel gets the grease? I've got to speak my mind and and say what I want if I'm going to get anywhere in this world, in this life. And so let's face some of that, okay? Because it's true, true ideas. And even growing up, sometimes I thought, you know, you've got to be the one to step out. You've got to be the one to sell yourself. Maybe you've heard that idea. To be honest, sure, 
Humility may not get you a promotion. May not put you under the spotlight. It certainly hasn't for a whole lot of people. You know, pride definitely seems to come with a spotlight. But if it's those kinds of things we're going after, and I get that, are we going after copper or are we going after gold? Because, yes, a promotion, the spotlight, the limelight, all that sort of stuff may be great. But what humility will give us, as we're kind of exploring, humility, being humble, can bring us joy. Joy that far outlasts getting a promotion, that far outlasts the happiness that a promotion will give. They'll be around well after the promotion is done and gone. So, how does this work out? Well, what about verse 3? It's kind of stuck into the middle. I was sort of rattling off a few different examples, but here we're going to hang on verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Now, does anybody else cringe at the thought that this is in the Bible? It's like, look out for other people, regard others as better than themselves. Can't we just sort of edit that part out? Brian, couldn't you have just like mentally skipped that line in your reading and all that sort of stuff? Well, I could have, but wouldn't have been reading Scripture then. Because we take the whole counsel of Scripture. Words come to mind, adjectives that come to mind when I think of this, of this verse. Coming at it as a human being, because while I may be a pastor, I'm first and foremost a human being. Words, ideas like weak, frail, fickle, paying attention to other people, doormat. You know, being a doormat to let people just walk all over you, letting them be considering them better than yourselves. So let's dispel some of that. Now, Andrew has again bravely said he is going to help me out on this. So come on up. Now, we're going to have a little contest here, okay? I want to see who can get the closest to that ceiling by reaching up. Okay? Ready? Getting your ready stance. Ready? Set? Go! Reach up as high as you can, high as you can, high as you can, high as you can. He's like holding his breath, trying to beat me out here. <laughs> Who's got this one one? See, he's going to pay attention to verse 3. Good man, Larry. I got him beat. Now, the pride part in me could rub that in Andrew's face. Say, ha, I can reach higher than you. I'm taller than you. Ha! But many people would look at that and go, yeah, you, you're taller than a seven-year-old. Great for you. <laughs> but what if I actually, like Larry, paid attention to verse 3? You ready? <laughs> now, do I have him beat? Do I have him beat? <laughs> I won't let you fall, Andrew, I promise. Andrew's got me beat. Andrew wins. Andrew is even in a spot where he could drum on my head, kick me in the face, but he won't because my name isn't Sarah. (laughs) Now, there are two ways I could respond to this. I could respond with pride. Of course, pride would say, forget Andrew, do this example with Dave Borland. Brains say otherwise. 
But pride might also say, no, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't let him win. Can't let him have the glory. Can't let him be better than me. That's what pride might say. Can't be threatened. It takes to be able to help somebody out. To be able to listen to verse 3. To lift somebody up to the point where they may get first chair. They may get the spotlight. They may get the limelight. They may get the promotion. To do that requires a quiet confidence. A confidence that knows I'm valuable, I'm loved, even if I'm not number one. So how does this all yield joy? Well, I'll illustrate that with a piece of candy. Now, I have one piece of candy here. And if I offer this to Marlene, guess what? Then she has a piece of candy. (laughs) And she's going to continue. But now, I'm empty. So I'm really put in a quandary. Do I give Marlene my piece of candy? Or do I keep it for myself? Do I let her have it at my expense? But here's how joy works. I give Andrew, great job helping me out here. I give Andrew a piece of candy. Oh my goodness, another one appears. I go to Bev. Awesome having you here constantly. Oh my goodness, another one just magically showed up. And this one off. Thanks for coming again and again and again. Oh my goodness, there's more candy. On and on and on. See, joy is not a zero-sum proposition. It's not, when I give it away, I lose. It multiplies. You get to share it. Maybe you've heard the phrase, a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Same idea. And if you can celebrate the good things that happen to somebody else, I mean, you're unstoppable. Paul does this when he's writing the Philippians. Again, he's writing this from a prison cell. And he's saying, make my joy complete. Give me something to celebrate. Do all these good things over there. And my joy in my prison cell will be complete, will be full. Now, whether or not the Philippians do all these things, whether or not they have unity, whether or not they have the same mind, whether or not they're thinking of of one another, that doesn't increase the size of this window in Paul's cell. He experiences joy through it. The cool thing is, on the flip side of this, this gives us something, a tool in our back pocket for those people who want to brag at us. And I use at the uh, very intentionally. What do we do with those who just ooze out, look at me, pay attention to me, I'm so great? Here's what you do. Good for you. Congratulations. It'll drive them nuts. Because what, when a person is bragging, they are they're like considering joy the zero-sum thing. You have to be less in order for me to be more. I love the way Kerry Newhoff puts this. He calls it comparagance. Comparagance. You have to be less so that I can be more. And by me bragging and putting you down and one-upping you, I'm making you less so I look better. I'm comparing us and showing up over the top of that. 
Paul does this in his writing. Because he, he has people in Philippi who are preaching the gospel to spite him. To say, we don't like this Apostle Paul, so we're going to preach the gospel in Philippi. You know what Paul says? Good for you. Congratulations. This comes from Philippians 1, verses 17 and 18. He says, The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but intending to increase my suffering and my imprisonment. They're like, we're going to hurt Paul by preaching the gospel. Somehow there's a screw loose in their head. But that's what they think they're going to do. What does it matter? Just this, that Christ is proclaimed in every way, whether out of false motives or true, and in that, I have joy. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. People are trying to spite Paul by preaching the gospel, and he's like, hey, the gospel's getting preached. All that matters. I don't care if my enemies are getting the credit, because life happens. And sometimes it's unfair who's going to get the credit, who's going to get the bonus, the promotion, the spotlight, whatever. And it really comes down to how are we going to react to it? Are we going to be vengeful, vindictive? They got more, so that means I must be less. Or are we going to rejoice in it? Something good happened to somebody. That becomes our choice. And as this idea of maturity grows, because it is something that grows constantly throughout our lives, we never get to the point where we are fully humble. Because even if we got to the point, we would probably go, yes, I am the most humble person in the world. And we'd be right back at square one. But as humility grows in our lives, it brings not only joy, but it brings freedom. I mean, imagine what life would be like if we didn't care whether or not we got the credit for all those things we want to humanly brag about. I learned this lesson from a soldier, actually. People that will risk their lives and will never get the credit, who will save lives, save the lives of people who will never know their name, and yet they do it. Completely free of that I need the credit-ness. Completely free to just love others, serve others, consider others better than themselves, and to not worry about it. The promotion or the the raise or the, the bonus or the limelight. And the gospel that has Paul so excited gives us the perfect example of this. Because Jesus Christ deserved all the praise of heaven and earth and under the earth that Paul says he gets. When Jesus was in heaven as the word, I mean, Elijah, you're awesome, but imagine like 15,000 Elijahs being able to play holy, holy, holy. And that was happening for Jesus. Creative license a little bit, but you get the idea. And he chose to leave all that. Chose, whether you think of it as the example of he left his throne for a manger. You know, he could have been hanging out with the PhDs in the temple and he chose the fishermen. He chose to be hung on a cross like a common criminal. And he does this in humility. Humbling himself for all he deserved, he he takes that stuff on. So that through his death and resurrection, our sins can be forgiven. So that we can experience joy that goes beyond our imagination. 
beyond anything that we could come up with on our own. Joy to the fullest. So this week, here's what I want you to do. I want you to experience even just a taste of that joy this week. Whether it's something good that happens to you or here's the extra bit to practice. Celebrate and experience that joy if something good happens to somebody else. You know, even if that means you've got to say, good for you, congratulations. Take joy in the fact that it'll drive the braggarts nuts. Like I said, this is something that's always developing. So if that's where you get your joy, I get it. But in doing that, and in practicing that, and in recognizing those opportunities to experience joy, even in somebody else's blessings, may your joy be complete this week and every week. Thanks again for listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. On next week's episode, have you ever tried to chase a unicorn or hunt down the end of a rainbow? They sound like ideas of fantasy, but we can often find our own ways to do that very thing each day. One concept can steal our joy and leave us discouraged, frustrated, and exhausted. And even worse, we can't blame it on somebody else. What is it? Find out next week on the Woodlane Worship Podcast.